welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, your weekly glimpse into the life of indie author Paul Teague. Find out how many words got written over the past seven days, hear what's on the planning board, and discover the tips and tools which Paul is using to self-publish his books and get them selling as fast as possible. This is Paul's Podcast Diary, and here's your show host, Paul Teague. Hello and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, episode 187 for Saturday the 8th of February 2020. And coming up this week, Now You See Her is now officially mine, but it's not without its practical problems. I'll let you know what I still need to get sorted with Amazon. I've put in an email directly to Jeff Bezos to get a problem with my book sorted out, and my podcasting book is halfway through, and this time I'm being multi-edited. Welcome to this week's show. All sorts of mixed bits and pieces to tell you about this week. It's like a bag of nuts and bolts. So first of all, let's do the word count. And again, the the word count is a little bit mixed up this week because I wrote 2,432 words of my book on Sunday, the 2nd of February. And then on, of course, the 31st, when we last spoke, I wrote 2,670 words. So that gave me a total last week, by the time I'd finished on Sunday, of 5,102 words. I wrote another, well, roughly 5,000 words yesterday. I wrote 5,066 words yesterday. That was Thursday, the 6th of February. And I'm planning to write another 5,000 words or thereabouts on Sunday, the 9th of February. So that should take me up to probably the end of chapter six, chapter seven, maybe I might get chapter seven done. It's difficult to judge how long they are, but because these non-fiction chapters are very clearly divided into sections, it's very easy for me to finish halfway through a chapter, which of course I couldn't do that with fiction, but it's very easy to do that with non-fiction. So we're more than halfway through that book now. And uh, interestingly, this book is being multi-edited because last week I asked you if you were either running a podcast of your own or maybe at some time or sometime in the future thinking about starting a podcast. And I got plenty of volunteers for that. So thank you very much. Um, So I've been giving all of you access to the document, the drive document this week. And already I can see people starting to write their comments and start to read it and and make notes and things like that as we go along. So this is the first time I've had several people inside one document all editing on it. Now, if you are one of the editors, what I would say to you is that that document is very much my first draft. Uh, By the time, by the time I've finished today, Friday, I might have at least read it. So all the true horrors, I hope, will roughly be out by then but I haven't given it any kind of editing yet so there'll be all sorts in there and what I would say to you is I wouldn't worry too much about spelling mistakes and and word repetitions and things like that because I haven't even come and done a first sweep on them yet so it will be fairly horrendous really what I'm looking for um, it was interesting that I got some comments about uh, English UK versus American UK and those are always very handy for me if I've used a word that if you live in the states or elsewhere in the world you just wouldn't have a clue what I'm talking about those are always very useful useful for me because I sell most of my books in the UK and the US. So I do need to be mindful of both of those audiences, Uh, but also comments about whether I've not been too clear, whether I've over-explained something, whether you think that's something I should pop into the book. All of that stuff's really useful at the moment. Now, I tend to have that book I've written in, in that document, in that working document. I've written a very clear agenda as to when I hope to have that book finished. And I'm hoping that the last writing day, and you never can quite tell because it depends how much I've got to say, 
I'm hoping that the last writing day will be Sunday the 1st of March, which means that the editing, the real kind of editing frenzy for all of you who have got access to that book, the editing frenzy will be the 2nd to the 15th of March. And I have actually, I don't think I'd done this last time I spoke to you, I've actually put the book on pre-order for it to be published on the 30th of March. And as I was writing out that schedule for writing, I just thought I really want to force the issue on this one and make sure this book gets released on time. So I had a look at it. I thought, yeah, um, I'm pretty sure that's going to be finished by the 1st of March. That gives me two weeks to edit it. Now, editing on a nonfiction book is completely different from a fiction book. And in actual fact, a lot of it is, is proofreading rather than uh, editing. So you read it once just to catch all the howlers and the terrible things that you've put in there and the repeated words and, uh, you know, just complete nonsense that you've typed out so that tidies it up the first time round, and then you're looking for spellings and punctuation uh, really but I I do think that non-fiction is an awful lot easier uh, than fiction so usually I just get my fiction proofread so 30th of March the book is on pre-order right now I also bought a domain name now one of the things I said to you is that this book largely for me is an exercise in me figuring out a way to write non-fiction books so that they don't become dated really quickly. And so with that said, this book is not going to have any images in at all. The previous non-fiction books I did, I think they were really great guides, very, very handy guides, but they had loads of images in. That gave me all sorts of problems for formatting, for updating and everything. So I'm not doing that again. When I write non-fiction books, they need to have no images in them at all. And the information that I'm sharing and the topic that I choose is, needs to be something that is evergreen, that isn't going to need changing every five minutes. So to accommodate that, what I'm going to do is I'm not going to share lots of links within that book. Instead, I'm going to send a single link which sends you to the resources page. And the resources page will then have, um, you know, uh, web links and further reading Um all carved up in, into chapters, into the relevant chapters, so that I can change the website without having to republish the book. It'll take me two minutes to change a website. So say say one of the podcasting softwares that I've mentioned uh, goes bust and it closes and it doesn't exist anymore. Well, I could pop on the website and just put a little note there saying no longer available. Here's an alternative. That'll take me two minutes. And it saves me having to go back to the book to update it. So I've I've selected... And I've got a very, very, very basic website on the domain name startapodcast.com, startapodcast.com. Very surprised, actually, that that domain name was even available, because if you do some basic keyword search, you'll notice that the, the main phrases with podcast books are how to start a podcast, how to podcast, start a podcast, all of those combinations. And so I, I went for start a podcast because that also includes how to start a podcast. Um, beginner podcast I didn't feel was really something that people would largely say so I went for starter podcast and that was available um, not that, that I'm trying to play any kind of keyword games with this but start a podcast fantastic it's perfect so I've bought that domain I've put a countdown timer on it just just as a holding position for now and what I will do is when the book's written I will for each chapter you'll have chapters one to twelve in there and I will list all the resources on there. And then that way, that will keep that book uh, evergreen and it will save me having to update it. Um, so that that's really the way I'm working with this. I really want to make sure that this is an evergreen book and I'm not having to change it every five minutes like I did with my others. Because I would like to get a complement of non-fiction books this year uh, that are like that. Um, I find nonfiction very easy to write. I, I do think I am struggling a little bit with what the topics will be because... A lot of obviously what 
where my knowledge is based is, is around uh, techie stuff. So I, I can tell you with my eyes closed virtually how to build a WordPress site, how to use MailChimp, all of those sorts of things. But they date too fast and I don't want to do stuff that dates fast. So that does give me uh, somewhat of a dilemma. But I have managed to navigate my way through it with podcasts. And it would make sense if I could somehow navigate my way through it with WordPress and MailChimp, seeing as I've got books out there already, and I would just need to give them a new edition. So um, let's get this podcast book done first. We'll see where we are, and then I'll start thinking about other topics. But I will put the link to my startapodcast.com site and a link to the pre-sales page so that you can have a good old nose at it um, on the show notes for this week. And of course, with the pre-sale page, you'll notice that the format that I write my book blurb in is very different in that I'm very aware of keywords when I'm writing that. So I've, I've tried to fit in as many words and phrases connected with podcasting in there, because to me, that's just like writing an internet marketing sales page. It needs to be full of the correct uh, keywords, because what somebody's effectively going to do when they go on to Kindle is they're going to type in the word start a podcast or begin a podcast. And let me just go on to Amazon right now and write the words in the search box, start a podcast. And let's see if I come up yet. Let's see if that's working. No, not yet. <laughs> oh, there I am. I am. I'm on, the, I'm on the second row. So I'm right next to, um, oh, somebody's made that look like a for dummies book. So yeah, I'm already coming up in the starter podcast uh, searches there. So you know that that's that's a good sign. Now another thing to say about this book is that I I wanted to get it on pre-sale, so I needed a cover. I started looking around for covers. I don't want to spend a lot on this cover um, because it's really not necessary in nonfiction, to be honest with you. And so I started looking around for pre-mades. I couldn't find anything in pre-mades. They were horrible. I don't really want to pay somebody to make this cover because it's it's going to cost me a lot, and, and I don't really need to do that. So I went on to Canva and I started messing around and I found one of Canva's templates and I messed around with it a bit, removed the background, found an image, and I've made this cover, which at first I thought, oh, it's going to be one of Paul's dodgy, you know, dodgy bits of artwork. And I'm looking at this, this has been on this Amazon page for a week, and I'm thinking, do you know what? I could probably do worse than that. I'm looking at the other podcast covers, and they're all they're all sort of fairly straightforward and bland. You know, what are you going to put on a podcast cover? A microphone? The word podcast? It's fairly straightforward. So I'm beginning to look at my podcast cover now for my ebook, and I'm thinking, you know, I think that's probably all right. I'm, I might stick with it. I quite, I quite like it now, and it, it was dodgy, but I, I really like the image. I think it works very well. I, I had, a, I used a template at first, and I used, a, I used orange strips on it, a lot of orange text, and I, I put the title "How to Start a Podcast," which is now the title of the book. I know it's the most unimaginative uh, title on earth, but I don't care. I've done it entirely for keyword search optimization. Um, I've put in the phrase that people are going to put into into Google, uh, the phrase that they're going to put into Amazon. So I've got it entirely for keywords, not for a smart aleck kind of title. I've got, I've just got exactly for the title that I want in the keywords. So the official title is how to start a podcast. And then I've got another keyword phrase in there. Um, launch a podcast for free with no previous experience. So um, I've got Podcast obviously is the main keyword. Start a podcast is a main keyword phrase. How to start a podcast is a main keyword phrase. Launch a podcast is a keyword phrase. So I've got all of those in the title. And then also with my sales letter, my kind of internet marketing head on, I've made the promise 
um, of how I'm going to alleviate your pain. So, um, you know, so, so basically people buy nonfiction because they are in pain and it, your pain here is that you want to start a podcast and, and, and probably you want to start it for free. You don't want it to cost the earth, but you don't want it to be techie. So the phrase is launch a podcast for free with no previous experience. So in that title, I am removing all the potential barriers to you starting a podcast, expense and experience. And then on the cover, I've put, um, it's uh, at the top, it says, start your podcast for free with no previous experience. The book covers called, uh, the book is called How to Start a Podcast. And then it's by podcast host and former BBC presenter, PT. So again, I've used uh, credentials. We call this expert positioning. I've just been working with a client today. Actually, I've just come back from working with a client. And when I, when I work with clients who are selling a particular expertise, I say to them, you are what I call expert positioning, which is where you are building yourself as an expert and you are selling your expertise. And that's exactly what I'm doing here. So the two things that allow me to sell my expertise rather than just be a theorist are, I am a podcast host, but the clincher that virtually nobody else has in this field is that I'm also a former BBC presenter. So the BBC is a worldwide brand. Everybody knows the BBC wherever you are. When I was a presenter, I once rung a hotel in Ethiopia, would you believe? And um, obviously they didn't speak English. And all I had to say was BBC. And they knew exactly who I, what I was talking about. And they got the, the guest for me, the correspondent, and put the correspondent on the phone. So the BBC is a huge brand. I am a former BBC presenter. I'm allowed to say that. Um, I've got, you know, 18 years of CV to say it. So I've, I'm wheeling out my credentials so that when you are looking at all the podcast books there and, you know, you're seeing all these names and you're saying, well, you know, who, who are you? Do, have you run a podcast? And I'm wheeling out my credentials on the cover. So. In terms of non-fiction, in terms of internet marketing, in terms of search engine optimization, these are the processes that I'm going through in my head. And I might further refine those, incidentally, but uh, this is me just got the book out there just to get the the ball rolling with that. As I say, it's on pre-release now for March the 30th. It's it's going well. I'm enjoying uh, writing it. I'm not running out of steam. I've got lots to say, probably too much to say, as my multi-editors will tell you. But I really am enjoying uh, working through that project. I'm really pleased that I picked that as my first uh, topic. So this week's editing update. I think last week I said to you that I was going to finish off No More Secrets and get it published. Well, I can't remember why I didn't do that. I probably got distracted by shinier objects. I probably I've been working, but probably did something else. So instead this week, I've, I've been going through No More Secrets, but each evening on the evenings that I have worked on it, unless I have been distracted this week, I... Um, I Sorry, I'm just going to go off on a little tangent here. But um, like on Wednesday, I was supposed to be doing some editing work on Wednesday. But the running club that I was running with all through last summer, and I stopped running when it got dark because I don't run in the dark. They had a track event at the local uh, running track on Wednesday evening. And they they basically got it for the, the members from 6.30 to 7.30 in the evening. So instead of working that night, I, I went and did an hour's... I, I haven't run so far since I was at secondary school. It was a brilliant session. But we were running on a running track um, and, and sort of doing training exercises. So that was fabulous fun. I, I hadn't intended on doing that when I scheduled this week. I did it at the last minute. So that was a fabulous evening. It was great to be out running at night in, in a floodlit environment. So I'm hoping to do a little bit more of that because I really don't like sort of running in the winter in the dark. I've, I've been avoiding that. Um, so 
I got less done this week than I'd expected to. I've also got other things going on in real life that needed attending to as well. Nothing serious, just stuff I have to deal with in real life. So I had a couple of evenings to just do paperwork and catch up with that. So this week, I went through No More Secrets. I did the final tweaks and changes, which were basically, I wanted to scan it for swear words. And I completely have removed loads of swear words in that book. This is something I'm doing across the board with my thrillers. Um, I don't use terrible swear words, to be honest with you, but I do drop in the first draft, in the first published versions, lots of F-bombs and things like that. Nothing too bad in there. Uh, but, But I've removed a load of those and just left a smattering of them in there. And actually, it's very easy to do. I've also um, removed a lot of the um, sort of you know crude comments that my characters make uh, and just toned all of that stuff down, to be honest with you. Uh, but that book is now finished and I will be uploading it uh, after I've done this, actually. While I'm listening through to this, just to make sure I didn't do any gulps or coughs or anything like that, just doing a quick run through, I will be adding that new episode, that new version of it, um, I'll be adding it to the standalone book and I'll be adding it to the box set as well. So uh, No More Secrets will then be finished. Next week, I'm going to move on to Friends Who Lie and that will take me a couple of weeks to do. Friends Who Lie has already been done, but I'm now going to just give Friends Who Lie one more sweep, uh, particularly for just to double check it for head hops and just to remove, like I did with No More Secrets, uh, some of the swears and just one or two of the crude comments. I've probably taken a few out of those, but this is my, just my final check. And then I will be moving on to So Many Lies. And So Many Lies I have to get ready because So Many Lies is going to be part of a blog tour uh, later on in the year. I just want to give that another run through for exactly the same things because I think I've made a choice with my books now about the level of swears. I do have swears in them, you know, the level of 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 you know, crude comments or suggestive comments that maybe characters make um, and and the choice of language that I have. Um, I tone that down. You don't get, you never get any complaints about not being enough swear words. You, you only get complaints about having too many of them. So that I found my level, I think, with that now. And I'm just making sure my books are, are coming into line with that. I also, um, this week, have been working on No More Secrets. Not No More Secrets, I beg your pardon. Now You See Her. And Now You See Her is the book that I collaborated with um, Adam Nichols on. And so I got all the files. I can't remember where I was last week, but I uploaded the files. The book is now published in paperback form and in ebook form. Uh, this morning in the post, the paperback proof came. So I got the files of Adam last week. I moved them into Vellum. Of course, we saw Adam processed it the first time round. I put my back and front matter on the book. I published the ebook that went through straight away. Obviously, I've got the amended cover with just my name on it now. I then obviously processed the paperback. I got, I've got the proof. The proof arrived today. I've just got to check through that, but I, c- I can see that it looks all right now. And uh, both books are live. I contacted Amazon and asked them to join those books together, to link those books. I'm still amazed, actually, that as you when you put the books in the same interface, when you add a, a Kindle a ebook and a paperback in the KDP dashboard, they're, they're in the same section. I really don't understand why Amazon doesn't link those automatically. It would seem to be the most obvious thing on earth. They still make me have to email them and say, please, will you link these books? So um, to me, that just feels like a, a user thing that they've missed with the KDP dashboard. Hopefully they'll they'll pick that up. 
I've got one last problem. Now, sorry, the other thing I did is I had to email them and say, please, will you pull the reviews over? And so, I mean, that book's got loads of great reviews on it. So those reviews have now come over. So there's only one remaining problem with that now. And, and this is why I've had to email that Jeff Bezos email that I email from time to time. And I'm getting really annoyed with Amazon because they're not getting back to me. Um, the, the paperback of Now You See Her, the paperback version with my Ad Adam's name on, is still linked to my author profile on Amazon. And to remove that, to get rid of the last evidence of that on my author profile, you have to email Amazon and say, please, will you remove this book? Now, it doesn't delete the book. It simply removes it from the link on your author profile. I don't want an old unpublished book with both of our names on my author profile anymore. I want the, I want, I only want people to see the version with my name on it. Now, I've been having problems with Amazon. I've now had to email them four times about this. Um, so prior to this happening, I'd been asking them to remove an old version of the murder place, which was just a mistake I made. I need it unlinking from my author page. And also the first version of Dead of Night, which is still showing on my author page with the old cover on. I want rid of those. And I've emailed Amazon th- uh, three times about that um, and uh, twice about now you see her. And I'm getting no response whatsoever. So I lost my patience this week. And um, there's a little email that you could use to email Jeff Bezos. It doesn't go directly to Jeff, but it must go to somebody who picks the emails up. And this person just agitates the person in whose department, or which, you know, whoever's department has failed. And you usually get a pretty quick response. Well, interestingly, I haven't, I don't know whether the response came as a result of that email, but I got an email first thing this morning saying, we'd be very happy to help you. It was a response to the fourth email, by the way. Goodness knows what's happened to emails one, two, and three. It's, it's, you know, not very impressive, to be honest with you, because they haven't even been acknowledged. Um, and, and so anyhow, somebody's now onto it and dealing with those paperbacks. So once I've got those three paperbacks removed from my Amazon author profile, everything will be sweet. My author profile should look delightful. All the books will be linked and all the correct paperback covers will be there. But, you know, you do have to be quite persistent with this stuff. And um, I am surprised that in the migration from create space over to the KDP dashboard. I'm surprised that Amazon hasn't tidied up a few of these things. It, 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 it's still very difficult to get some things done. And I'm not really quite sure why that is when the books are already linked in their own dashboard. So anyhow, there you go. Just a little moan on my part, but it is getting sorted. Amazon are onto it now. And um, as I don't know whether that was a result of my email to the Jeff Bezos email, but it does have a habit of getting things sorted very quickly when you send things to that email address. I think I've, I've I've used it about four times now, but it's usually, you know, at the point when you're tearing your hair out and you think, I just need somebody to speak to. Um, and I was at that stage and that's when I usually send that email. Okay. So now you see her, there's been a very, very smooth process. I, I really can't moan about that. When that paperback's gone, that's going to be fantastic. I made a decision about rapid release. You know, I dithered last week. I told you that I was going to stop rapid release and that would be it. And then I was telling you how I was republishing books for blog tours and things like that. I, I made a decision about that. I thought, you know what? That, I'm not going to do that. I can't be, I can't even be bothered to do the rapid release anymore. There's, there's not a lot of point. Not when I'm, I'm re-releasing books that have already been released. All I'm going to do, uh, as with now you see her, for instance, and with friends who lie and so many lies, all I'm going to do is just change the already uploaded file. That's all I'm going to do. Uh, I'm not going to do a re-release. And what I'm going to do is I'm using the blog tour. The blog tour is what I hope, particularly with two years after, is is going to give me uh, more resilience against those early one-star reviews from people who hated the books. You know, so I'm hoping that, I'm hoping, touch wood, that the, the, the blog 
tour reviewers don't hate the book um, and give me four or five star reviews and because I got 15 people reviewing it that will then push it very solidly into that four to five star mark and it will mean that I've, I can take the blows from those early one stars that I got they'll effectively they'll be there obviously but they'll be hidden and contained it, it won't make me look like I'm a three-star book uh, so that that's what I'm hoping for but I'm not going to relaunch that book I did contact Sarah Hardy beforehand and said to her you know is it okay for me to do this when I'm really just trying to get a book going and want some reviews on it she said that's absolutely fine so it's the, it's the same with um, so many lies I, I've got uh, that's showing three five-star reviews on it at the moment somebody did a lovely review on that the other day um, you know it's very frustrating isn't it because I feel like the book's that the books are okay now that we're hitting a level with the books but it, i just need more people reading the blasted things um let me just sorry i'm, I'm talking and, and typing here paul jt let's just find so many lies i've got a lovely review on this uh this week the, the kind of review that you that you really want to read on on your books um yeah it's showing three five star reviews on that it's just not not enough and then the review that i'm reading says um the headline is one of the best books i've read in a long while and the review is brilliant. Didn't want to stop reading. Won't say any more. I'll give it away. But you know, this is what you want, isn't it? You want you want reviews like that. But I need more of them, people. I need more of them. So it's just like pulling teeth getting a review sometimes. And then you know, there's L. J. Ross's book, um, inspired by my browsing history. There's L. J. Ross with one thousand two hundred ninety-one reviews. <laughs> How do you do it? <laughs> it's just so elusive, isn't it? This is so elusive. So. Anyhow, we'll just keep uh, we'll just keep going at it, but uh, we just need more of those reviews. That's what we need. So um, I wanted to just uh, mention Sarah Hardy because Sarah has started to promote my two years after blog tour. Now the blog tour starts on Monday the second of March. Interestingly, when I had a blog tour last time, I was out of the country. I was in Berlin. When I have a blog tour this time, I'm out of the country again. I'm going to be in Amsterdam this time. So there must be something about me and blog tours leaving the country. But um, she started the promotion. So I had to have the the finished re-edited book ready by Monday, last Monday. Uh, so Sarah has now passed that book on to the people who are going to review it. That gives them a month to to read it and to 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 get their reviews ready. And then she's got three blog hosts per day over a period of five days making 15 in total and they'll release their reviews and on social media this week they're so good at this on blog tours they're so so good at this sarah uh, shared the blog tour she's done a lovely graphic of it with all the dates on and of course all the blog reviewers are all sharing it and saying looking forward to this they're so good at this they really know how to use social media very well and so of course all i got to do now is keep my fingers crossed that they like it now i have had one of the reviewers so I know one of the reviewers loved it and, and put is put a five star on it she's already I think reviewed it on Amazon um, and she sent me a note to say that she loved it so I'm hoping that because it, it's falling on the right audience I'm hoping that it will get reviewed well that book and now I've uh, I say I was going to use the phrase ironed out the rough spots I don't think there were rough spots in it but I, I've made maybe just made the book a little bit tamer and more generally acceptable Hopefully, um, you know, we're going to sort that review issue. I just wanted to um, congratulate Judy Cordoner this week, um, who's revealed the cover for her f fiction book. 
And um, you'll know that Julie's edited a load of these books I've had out this year and, and did them in very rapid succession. I was very delighted. Um, Julie and I were having a conversation on social media this week and Julie said that many of you have taken up her editing services, which I'm, I'm very sort of pleased to continue that support. So if you are looking for an editor, because I've, uh, you know, I overworked Julie uh, up to pretty well the new year and then I've stopped obviously um, using her services at the moment because I'm doing I'm doing other things with my writing at the moment. And, and concentrating on marketing and things um i was not it was very pleased to hear that several people including one of my clients my corporate work actually is is taken up julie on her editing services but she also writes books of course and, and um, mainly non-fiction at the moment but her her book her fiction book a borrowed past that's her first novel under her pen name of juliet lawson that's going to be released on february the 28th so i know how exciting this is going to be and you know i know how hard you've been working on this julie for a sustained period of time so it's very very exciting we're getting there now we're almost past the post 28th of february uh, julie's uh, fiction book comes out it's called a borrowed past and it's under the the pseudonym of juliet lawson now if you are looking for julie's editing services then she she changed the domain name of her website to juliet lawson to match the the pseudonym so so you don't get confused if you are looking for the services you'll find it on the juliet lawson website the editing services are there but it is julie who's providing uh, those editing services i came across a brilliant blog post actually uh last weekend i just wanted to share it with you but it was um it was by a, a blog a book blogger and it was basically she was talking about how she'd had negative feedback from authors where she had shared reviews and done what's called an at mention where you mention people on social media now it's interesting because of course what i'm right at the middle of this i've had loads of of blog uh, people running blog tours for me all at mentioning me on social media now my position on this is that i'm absolutely delighted for this to happen I, you know the more people that share my book cover that say they're doing blog tours for my books this is just all beautiful free um you know viral uh, web traffic for me so of course i want people to share my reviews but what i don't want i i can remember i think it's happened to me once or twice when somebody's written frankly a rubbish review they just didn't like the book and then they've shared it and copied me on on social media and and i've you know who the heck wants a negative review and it's forced into your feed by the mention that you know who wants that you, i'm here to sell books not you know so i i accept um that people could give me a bad review they hate the book that you that's absolutely fine but you can't expect me to share my rubbish reviews because i'm in the business of selling books so when i market my books you're only ever going to hear about the great ones the ones that say it's the best thing since sliced bread it's fantastic because what kind of marketer would i be you know what kind of marketer would i be if i sold larder cars and said it's a car and it will probably break down you know you don't marketing is not about the gritty reality you're selling the dream when you sell marketing so my personal view is is that you know if you did do a negative review then you shouldn't really at mention the author in that because that's not really helping the author it puts them in quite a difficult position they're certainly not going to share a negative review you know, a one or a two-star review why, why the heck would they use social media to do that uh, and the article is is a really well thought out article from a, a somebody who does blog tours and says that she you know she was actually criticized by an author for actually at mentioning them for positive reviews and she was commenting that you know if she does write if she does do a negative um, review she what she tends to do is, is not 
review the book. She doesn't put the negative review up because she understands how damaging that could be for an author. And, um, and obviously, you know, feels that by sharing really good reviews, that helps the author. But some authors, she'd said, had said, well, don't share any reviews. Now that, that to me is an author who doesn't quite understand what social media is about. They, they don't really understand what's going on there because my view is I want you to share anything positive about my books that you can, because that all helps me with my marketing. So very, very rarely I put a comment on this, uh, this blog post and loads of people have commented on it. It's a very, it's a very good read. Um, I, I, and I'll put the link on the show notes for this week. But I, I basically said, you know, I love blog tours. I'm new to them. Uh, they really spread the love for my book. Um, the lady who wrote the article said, and she subscribes to my view of things, the old thumper view, which is if you ain't got anything good to say, you know, don't say nothing at all. Just, just keep it to yourself if you've got nothing positive to say, which I think is a fairly good, uh, rule of life, really. Just keep it to yourself. And then, um, I've just tried to think what the other thing that was that I wanted to say. Well, anyway, my post's on there and, and, and you could uh, read it for yourself. But, uh, you know, I just said, I, yeah, I'd rather you didn't share negative views. That was right. I, I said that if you're doing a review of my book, and you spot, for instance, spelling mistakes, or um, one of the ladies who was reading my book, you know what I'm like with names, I'd got a name wrong, uh, and it was in my edits, it's my fault, and um, I, I, you know what I'm like with names, terrible, I got the name wrong, and she said, oh, you, you called somebody by the wrong name. Now, what I would rather a blog reviewer did, uh, because they get the book before they write the review, I would rather they contacted me directly, and said, did you know you made that mistake or that spelling mistake? And I would just say, fantastic, thank you. It'll be changed within 24 hours. Because to me, by the time then the reader gets the book, you don't need to moan about that in your review. Rubbishy spelling, you know, call yourself an author, all that nonsense. You don't need to do that. It's much better for the reader and the author if, if it's something as quick as that that I can change that you just drop me a note directly because by the time your review goes out the book will be done and the problem won't be there anymore there's no point bitching about the the problem when when it could be fixed in five minutes so that was the point that I made that as a writer I would rather you just drop me a line um, and said to me before you write your review did you know that I'll have it changed and then we both do the reader a service because they won't now come across that um, error in the book and I would like to think that as blog reviewers and as writers, you know, our aim is to blog reviewers want to introduce people to great books. As authors, we want to write great books. None of us make mistakes on purpose. You know, mistakes slip through. And if they do slip through, we don't need to be all snobby about it and awkward about it. It's usually a quick email to the author. Did you realize? No, I didn't realize. I'll get that changed. And that helps, um, that helps the readers. So that was the one um, thing that I suggested. You know, just uh, tell me directly if you spot a spelling error or something I can fix really quickly. And then by the time your review's published and we're on the tour, it's sorted and no one need to ever know about it. You know, we've, we fixed it. This is not uh, about playing a blame game game it's about getting the book as good as we can and we all want to give and recommend great books to readers so anyhow as you can tell I thought that was a really good talking point <laughs> and it's very rare that I jump on a blog and, and have my say but I'll put the the link the the website is called a littlebookproblem.co.uk it really was um, one of those posts that got a great response uh, so I, I put the whole post there so that you don't have to go hunting for it uh, at John Cronshaw's recommendation, thank you very much for this, John. Um, I was having a little rant last week about, um, what's the book called? Hang on, I'm just going to lean over, and I should have done this before we started. The Elements of Style. It's that, it's, it's that, it's that unforgettable. I forgot what it's called. The Elements of Style. 
which interestingly is so hard to read. I've moved on. I actually moved on to something else about cryptocurrencies this week because this is just frazzling my brain. Um, but I got a couple of comments about my uh, my review, my non-academic review of the elements of style last week. And uh, John dropped me a note and said, have you bought Eats, Shoots and Leaves by Lynn Truss? Um, and I had seen that book. And when somebody recommends it to me, do I just buy it? I just, so I bought it and that's there to be read. And John said, you know, it's just a lot more, not easier to read. Interestingly, um, Lynn Truss has got, she's got over a thousand reviews on that book. So I shouldn't even really be drawing breath to make this comment. But I didn't think that book was kind of like a, you know, a, a non-fiction kind of guidebook. I, I don't know what I thought it was, but I thought it was, I didn't think it was what it is. And it's interesting because normally I would have, in the title somewhere, I, I would have wanted that to say something about, I don't know, grammar or writing or something like that, because I'd want it to get found in the search engines. But it's interesting that that book's called Eats, Shoots and Leaves by Lynn Truss. And it doesn't sort of really say what it does you know, yet has been phenomenally successful. Um, I'm not really saying anything there other than just observing it, that you've, you've heard what I said to you about keywording my podcast book. Um, I would never title a nonfiction book in an ethereal way. Um, you know, so for instance, my podcast book, if I was being all ethereal, I might say, I might call it owning the mic, which means nothing in terms of keywords. Uh, it only means something if you kind of get what I'm talking about. So, as does Eat, Shoots and Leaves. It makes perfect sense when you read it and you know what the book's about. So I had seen that book, but I hadn't realised really what it was about or that it was actually something that I would read. I thought it was one of these, I don't know, a bit of literary fiction or something. So um, thanks for the recommendation, John. I am going to try and go through elements of style, though, as I say, I have been very easily distracted by something much more readable this week. But having said that, the book I'm reading at the moment, it's just one of my cryptocurrency books. It has the smallest typeface on it, on earth it is the smallest print i've ever seen in a book it's so small now i don't need bifocals yet i think i'm, I'm on the borderline my, my wife does need re reading glasses and i said to her put your reading glasses on and and say you know is that me or is that the, the print and even she thinks with her reading glasses on that small print it's tiny tiny in terms of usability so uh, i've never seen it so tiny before so just you know don't make your print too small when you're using vellum or however you process your books because it's um, a real struggle i got the book from the library because I'd, I'd heard it on one of my crypto podcasts i thought i must read that and i can't it's really expensive it's a full price traditionally published book i'm not paying that for it so i got it from the library um, and, it, and, it, and the print's so small, it's almost driving me to just buy the ebook. But it's one of these, you know, 10 quid ebooks. I'm not paying 10 quid for an ebook on principle. So I'm struggling through the small print. But I might end up getting one of these, you know, these little magnified squares that pensioners use. I might end up getting one of those so I can read it easily. It's so small. Anyhow, John, uh, what I'm meaning to say is thank you very much for the recommendation. I always appreciate your recommendations. And generally, when people recommend stuff to me, I just buy I buy the book or, what, or the audio book, whatever it is, and it goes in the reading pile. I might not get to it immediately, but uh, that book's in the pile. So thank you for that. And also, thank you very much to Kat Bammer, who emailed me last week. And, um, and, and Kat told me something that I'd already known in the past but I'd forgotten. Uh, Kat said, just listen to your podcast. Wanted to let you know that there's a Google Play Music app where you can upload your songs with unlimited space. 
and then you upload it through an app and then you can actually listen through the app to your own music rather than having to subscribe to that and obviously you can pay and buy music if you want to as well now i'd used this ages ago because um when cat mentioned it i went straight for the app and had a look at it and of course i've got loads of music there already um so what i've been doing this week is moving all my music over to the google uh, music app and it allows me then to play my own music in the versions that i like off the albums um through my telephone um so much like spotify but it's my own music and i can move my own music around and of course because i had used it it must be ages ago cat that i used this i can't remember how long ago it was it must be three years ago long, long enough for me to forget that i'd used it um, but I have used it. And do you know what? There's only one tiny thing that I dislike about this app. And, it, and I know it's like really embarrassing and trivial. But it brings in distorted thumbnails on the music. It doesn't bring in the nice covers on the music. And that's the only thing I don't like about the app. I, I don't know where it brings the images from. And I was looking to see if it would let me override the images. But I, can't, I, want, my, I want my album artwork to look nice. I don't want to have blurred images and I don't know where it pulls the images from they're not even album covers sometimes um but that that's the only criticism I've got of that Google Music system that if if you're an old geezer like me and, and you've still got vinyl albums around the house um you like the album covers the the artwork has as much to do you know with the music as the tunes do um when you look at an album cover it evokes a feeling and a moment a moment in your life and things like that and a lot of these albums do for me so i like to see the album art um so that's the only thing that i'm i'm cracking on but it it that did the job perfectly cat thank you for reminding me about that it's exactly what i wanted um you know the ability to move my music around in the cloud and on my mobile by ripping these cd's that i already own on my computer so that's absolutely perfect thank you very much for that and then I also just wanted to share with you this week um, some of my BookBub plans because you know that I um, I'm I've tried the Left for Dead trilogy, the Walker Bay trilogy, once on BookBub and got knocked back. What I've decided to do is I'm going to try. I want to keep it in a KDP Select. Um, I want to get the reads on it if I can. So I'm going to try it again in February. Then I'm going to try it again in March and it will be Amazon exclusive. And if they're still knocking me back, I'm going to make it wide in April. Now, the reason I've chosen April as the date is that I looked at all the books from my rapid release that are in currently locked into KDP Select. And I've set the date by whatever the latest date is, about something like 20th of April, something like that. That's when the last book comes out. And at that point, I've got I've got freedom to well either decide to put everything back into KDP Select or to go wide with some of the books. So basically I've set all my KDP Select settings not to automatically renew. So they're all going to drop out of KDP Select one by one by one. And then I'm going to get them all out of KDP Select. When that last book comes out of KDP Select in April, whenever it is, I will then either put them all back into KDP Select, but they'll all be leveled up by the date. Because very frustrating if I want to, for instance, put Left for Dead wide, but the box set is still locked into KDP Select. I can't put it wide until the box set is out. So what I want to do is level up all my books. And again, I'll kind of make that final decision in April as to whether I'm staying in KDP Select or whether I'm going wide with them to try and get the book bub on the Morgan Bay trilogy. 
but at the very least it's going to allow me to put all of my thrillers into KDP Select so they all go in at the same time and they all come out at the same time and that's much more convenient for me when I change my marketing so I might put them in for another three months but if I then change my mind again and say all of these books all my thrillers are now going wide it means they all come out of KDP Select on the same day and I can put them all wide on the same day rather than having to do it in dribs and drabs so that's why I'm doing that so KDP Select until um, so at the moment um, they'll be dropping out one by one they won't be in KDP Select but they won't be wide either so if I get a book bub um, um, you know when it's not actually in uh, KDP Select um, then I can put it in KDP Select based on the book bub um, you know that, that's how that will work but if I don't get the book bub I can then also put it wide uh, but I'm not committed contractually for the three months at that point um so that's my logic with that hopefully that'll all work out so yeah it's going to go uh you know wh- whatever happens it's going in kdp select february march and then in april i might actually just put it in at the last time in april if it doesn't if it hasn't had a book bub by then i will list it wide because i quite like to have a book bub before we go to spain if i can uh, just, just really as a target date. And so I'll then put it wide and then I can try it three or four times before we head out for Spain um, when it's wide and see if I can get a book bub that way. But I would like to squeeze, if I can, I'd like to squeeze uh, touch wood. You know, this is always completely dependent on book bub. I'd like to squeeze out two book bubs on that if I can in the next financial year so that I take the money for them in the 21-22 financial tax year. That's what I'm aiming for now. Okay, that's it for this week's writing and editing news. I just wanted to mention Tim Lewis this week. Uh, I was saying to him last week, Tim always uh, posts when he's out on his walks, and I'd misidentified what I thought might be the Thames, which turned out to be the London equivalent of a little brook, I think, or a stream. Uh, So it definitely wasn't the Thames, uh, which just shows how bad my uh, my northern geography is. So Tim put me right on that anyway, and then proceeded to play on Twitter a game of Spot the River with me, where he he he, he teased me by uh, putting up four pictures of rivers, and I had to say whether I thought it was the Thames or or not the Thames. And I think I got seventy five percent right. I got one of them uh, wrong, I think, and there was complete guesswork as you would expect. But anyhow, um, just to let you know that Tim also posted a, a final question. He was playing Quizmaster the other day. He's got a final listener question. Uh, and I've put that on this week's show notes if you want to have a look at it. So if you want to uh, play a round of the new hit quiz game, Spot the River, uh, exclusive to this podcast, then you could do so by heading to the show notes right now and see whether you reckon that river is the Thames or not the Thames. That's what we're asking you. And even better, I think Tim will probably give you a bonus point if you actually say where the river is if it isn't the Thames. And I, I haven't got a clue, so take a look and see what you think. Okay, that's it for this week's podcast. Thank you very much for listening. I will have, as ever, another diary update for you next Saturday. In the meantime, have a fabulous week of writing. Bye-bye for now. Thanks for listening to Paul's Podcast Diary. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed to hear next week's update and find out how many words get produced over the next seven days. Until then, we hope you have a great week of writing.